Are you guys ready to rock and roll? I thought we were playing D&D and we're not bards. Are you guys ready to steal and cheat? Yeah, definitely. Maybe. Did you already push record? sun in the Lopetian desert lies the proud city of Mansamalut. The hard-working denizens of this mercantile capital live honest lives. But when the sun goes down, there is another face to this metropolis. The zookeeper is the head of a vast criminal network that controls trade just out of view of the law. This is the story of three aspiring members of that thieves' guild. Mystery Tour is a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast about a band of bards out on tour. But today we're playing Burglar Mystery Tour, an actual play podcast about a band of thieves robbing fools. My name's Brayton, and I'll be your DM. Hi, I'm Emily, and I'm playing Jaxo Gix. He is a kobold. He's an ex-pirate. He's got orange scales and a yellow belly, but that doesn't mean he's scared and nothing. And he's a little guy, like like three feet tall, and he's got a sick tattoo, and it does magical things if he touches it, I think, but I can't remember, so we'll find out. Hey there, Hap here, the most handsome, charming, and talented thief of the bunch, being played by Nora. Hap is a mark of finding human with a secret past, a penchant for houseplants, and a startling aversion to other people. His blonde hair, blue eyes, and strange accent tend to make him stand out in a crowd. And I'm Ed, and I'm playing Drell Griefstroke, a human warlock who follows the patron, the darkness within. He likes things that are dark, and he's angry. All right, it's been... One week since you looked at me. Close, good guess. It's been a long time. It's been about six months since the last heist. Do you, what was the name? Didn't you guys have a crew name that was really cool? It was Heistables, and we ditched it like five and a half months ago. Oh, okay. So what do you guys go by instead of the Heistables then? Uh, 1183605. Does that mean something to you? The 1183605 crew? Or is it just the number is the name? I can't really explain it to a layman because it's complicated and really only thieves get it. It's a thieves can't thing. Yeah. I totally get it. It has another meaning, but we're not going to tell you what it is. You're going to tell the listeners, right, though? No, all the listeners know. I guess I'll have to start listening. They have a calculator. Sagil. Wait, I want to change it to 510836. Oh, five. Yeah, put that in your calculator and flip it upside down. Was it say soggy boys? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's been about six months since the crew formerly known as the Heistables, but now going by the name 51083605. Or is that pronounced soggy boys? No, we don't know. Okay, it's been about six months since 5108-3605 has been on a heist. They've gained great renown within the Thieves' Guild, the menagerie, for doing a job well done. The same cannot be said for the Finn household, who have basically gone out of business ever since the secrets of their map and farming locations have been sold to the highest bidder. Wow. Why? Hey, business is tough. I don't know what to tell you. It's cutthroat. It's a competitive marketplace, you know? Is that our fault? And alien crop circles really cut into your profits. I mean, we were commanded by a superior officer. Like, whose fault is it really? Yeah, like if you ask the city guard or like a judge while you were on trial, they'd probably say, yes, it's your fault. But not just your fault. 
But what if you ask the darkness within? He'll say, we have done righteousness to ourselves. That seems dirty. Yeah, that sounds like masturbation, pretty much. He also says that about masturbation. I don't know what to say. Also, since your last heist, you got those magic items you found identified. So you found a rod of retribution, a ring of mind shielding, a cloak of elven kind, and a bag of tricks. How do you guys want to divvy them up? I want the ring of mind shielding, though. That sounds sweet. And I already have a cloak. Can't have two cloaks. I don't think what that works cloak? well. Of elven kind. Eleven kind. You can't wear it because it's too long for you. No, I can wear it. You have to just cut it up and then it's not magical anymore. I can wear it. Look here. And I try it on. How does it look? What's that? The sleeping bag of elven kind? You're just so mean. I look great in this thing. Well, when you look at yourself in a mirror, you can tell that the color shifts to camouflage you no matter which mirror and which room you're in. But am I tripping over it or do I look super great? Well, it's weird because when you first put it on, you're tripping over it. But then after you walk a couple steps, it seems like it's shortened itself so that it's just the right length for you. See, look, and I do a spin move and I swoop it so that it's over me and covering me so that no one can see me. I do want to point something out. For it to camouflage you, you have to pull the hood up. Otherwise, it's just a beautiful forest green color. I put the hood up. Well, it takes an action for the future, just so that you know that. How does pulling the hood up activate the powers of It's the a cloak? switch. It's on off switch. It's magical. But how does it know that you're turning it on? I'm convinced there's a switch in the hood. Tell me about this hood. Okay. Is it big enough to cover my schnoz? Because it sticks out pretty far. I'm a kobold. Mm, yeah, it covers most of your schnoz. Just a little tip coming out a the end? A little tip comes out the end. Do you have a little tiny kobold beard or no? No, but I smoke a pipe. So then it's just like smoke coming out of nothing. And it's real cute and like mysterious. You can make smoke rings. Yeah. Um, Brayden, I don't want to say anything that offends your intelligence, but mm -hmm. uh, lizards don't have hair. Yeah, but like uh, sometimes the way that kobolds are drawn, they have like a flaky bit that looks kind of like a goatee. Like a bearded dragon. Sometimes I have trouble because I picture kobolds from WoW a lot, and they just look like they have hair, even though technically I guess they don't. That guy has no hair. Does this cloak make you actually disappear? No, it gives you advantage on stealth checks. Because Emily really needed that since she has that spell. All right. I'm like, guys, does anybody else want this? Because I know I don't need it. I guess well, I can share. Uh, seeing how you guys both got first and second pick and I'm just left with whatever's left, I see it's only fair that I get the other two items. So, Are you sure you don't want this sick cloak, though? Because we could trade. Oh, you want to trade your cloak for one of my items? What if we sell one of them and then split the profits between the three of us? That's like throwing half your money down the drain. How so? You aren't going to get market value for this. You're going to get secondhand value, and then they're going to sell it for market value. So everything that was that value is now gone. Yeah, but I know the best fence in the business. You give me a right good price. But see, you guys got the advantage of being able to pick first. So I should get supplemented with that. So let's say I do decide to sell one. That should be my prerogative. And then I keep the money. You want to split my second item up among the three of us. Why should it be yours? I, I had to forfeit my ability to pick in order. And I didn't even have a say in it. No, no, no. This lack nose goes. If you don't speak up first, then you're out of luck. My nose is so big. Uh... I was referring to the unwritten thieves rules that we all abide by. Yeah, they're Section unwritten. That means you don't have to follow them. What? Ain't you never heard that there's no honor amongst thieves? There is honor amongst thieves in the guild. That's not what the saying says. But it's the difference between a guild and just some thieves out there doing their thing. Anyhow, I don't really care if you take two. I, I'm just fighting for fighting's sake, honestly. I mean, I don't really want one either of these, but... Do you want this cloak instead? Do I know what this Rod of Retribution does? Um, Yeah, let me... Hold on. Let me tell Nora what the Ring of Mind Shielding is about, and then I'll do that. No, I want to know what it looks like. She doesn't care what it does. I know what it does. I pulled up the thing on D&D &D Beyond. It says, while wearing this ring, you are immune to magic that allows other creatures to read your thoughts. Determine whether you align, know your alignment, or know your creature type. 
Creatures can telepathically communicate with you only if you allow it. You can use an action to cause the ring to become invisible until you use another action to make it visible until you remove the ring and or until you die. Ooh, and if I die while wearing it, then my spirit enters it. Unless what? it already houses a soul. So this ring is simple, like brass band with a brain-shaped stone carved set in the top. And it's pink. Uh, that's gross, by the way. I really want it to look kind of like one of those like high school rings, like really gaudy and like over the top. When you say high school ring, I think of those rings that you get from a vending machine that have like smiley faces. No, I mean like the class rings where you like get your year oh. and they're like really oversized and they're like gold or silver and they have really bright colors. But they're like really big. Yeah, it's not that big, but it's I mean, it's it's big. But it's not that big. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it on. Okay. I think that we should roll to see if there's somebody already in it. Okay. What do you want me to roll? Let's uh, let's say there's like a 5% chance there's somebody in it. So just roll a d20 and tell me if you get a 1. I got a 4. There doesn't seem to be anybody in the ring talking to you in your head. I was hoping I'd have a buddy. All right, the Rod of Retribution is an adamantine rod, and it's tipped with a glowing crystalline eye. It has three charges, and it regains all of its expended charges daily at dawn. If you're holding the rod when a creature attacks you that's within 60 feet of you, you can use a reaction to send lightning at them to get retribution for the damage they've dealt to you. I'm just saying, Drill, that sounds right up your alley. You seem like you'd be real into retribution. Yeah. Do I have to attune it? Yes. I will attune it sometime in the last five and a half months. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. And then what if we just share this bag of tricks? No one wants it anyway. I can't believe you guys don't... You're not in love with this bag of tricks. Is it the one when you just throw puffballs at people and they turn into animals? Yeah. yeah. You can have this. This is literally garbage. Do you ever go on trick-or-treating in like that one house that has like apples on the porch? Thanks. I would way rather an apple than circus peanuts, if we're being frank. I love circus peanuts. Gross. Maybe we should give it to that boy who helped us by delivering the flower pot that we only taught shitty thievery tricks to. Like, maybe that would be a good incentive to have him help us in the future. Maybe we should just play pranks and we could, like, fly around and, like, throw them at the town and just see what kind of havoc we could cause. I'm down. Let's go get drunk at the gallows whatever place what is that called gallows basket easy yeah let's go there and just throw them at some of the performers if they suck boo boo elephant flanders is the name of that kid we'll give him one how about that we give him one of the balls i don't want to spend too much time on this i think we've already spent enough but i if you're giving flanders a ball hap are you doing that yeah all right roll a d8 i got an eight oh good all right uh as you hand him the ball it transforms in his hand and it grows larger and larger until it's too heavy for him to hold up. And he drops on the ground and it keeps growing an undulating pile of meat into a brown bear. That bear is friendly to you because you pulled it out of the bag. So it just sits back on its haunches and starts licking its paws and it looks at you. Um, I'm going to make, make a hasty exit and just I'm just going to leave. OK, it disappears after some amount of time. I assume you did that some time ago. Yeah. Now it's just a funny story I tell whenever we throw back some beers. All right. Now that we're all caught up over the past six months, let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns? No. That's from Mulan. Yeah, that's from Mulan to do. You are called back into the heist room with your pal Griggs, the heist master. Is that all they use this room for, is to talk about, like, heist plans? It's a general conference room, but Griggs really likes to do all of his heist discussion in here. Well, maybe it's just check for bugs and stuff, you know? Yeah. Let's refresh our memories. So Griggs is a tiefling with Merlot-colored skin. He stands barely over five feet tall, and he has a scar along his right eyebrow, running just below one of his two stumpy gray horns. And he's wearing a masterfully built golden breastplate in the form of a ribcage. Sick. He claps his hands together and he says, well, well, if it is my favorite crew, are you guys ready to get back out there and do another job? Well, uh, how many other crews you got there, Griggs, if where were your favorite? Oh, it, not that many. Yeah. Just a couple, just one. You're the only one, basically. Yeah, that's what I thought. Do you guys talk to people at the gallows basket? All the time. 
Don't worry, Griggs. You're my favorite heist master, too. Thanks, Drell. Isn't there only one heist master? Oh, is there only yes. one? Oh. There's only one. Have you, who have you guys been talking to? Just, you know, just some few here and there. Well, anyway, we've been laying low for a little while after the last one. There's been a big shakeup in the city, but now it's time to get out there and make a little money, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to us. What do you need us to do? I was enjoying the time off, but I guess it's time to go make some moolah again. Yeah, we can't all be retired, Hap. Who would want to? I like mystery, and I like fighting, and I like sneaking. I think we should do it. What do you need us to do? All right, well, as you all know, the big raise is coming up. Did you say raise like a barn raise? Or like, did you say race like going fast? Because I'm good at both of those. I'm strong and I'm fast. He said raise like we're going to burn down an entire forest. I thought it was like rays of the sun. Um, So it's the Twilight Race. You guys are familiar with it? There's an annual race in this city. Don't tell me you went your whole lives without paying attention to that. Yeah, we went that to one thing, like last year. It's so commercialized. I never go to that. Only dumb people go to that. I'm really fast. Is it a foot race? I don't know about it. It's not a foot race. So being fast is nice and all, but it's a boat race. I'm a pirate. Well, ex-pirate. It's to celebrate the founding of the city, right? There's something, something. 12 people were here and they had to go out and get grains to feed everyone who was starving or something. And so then we do this race every year and 12 boats go out and they race to see who can get back first. And once the first boat gets back, we all start drinking. Do you remember that now? I mean, people starving sounds historically accurate. It's basically what happens in like every new settlement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, I entered you guys into the race this year. So I'm really excited to see how you do. And I hope it's not Uh. a problem. Wait, what kind of boat is it? They're sand sloops. What's that? Oh, yeah. It's a sloop that can run on the water, but then it has a huge lever that you can pull, and it drops skis down, and then you can sail across the sand. They're real small, and they're real fast. This sounds like something out of Waterworld. No, it's out of Sand World. So is this like a triathlon, but it's just two events, but one's on water and one's That's on sand? That's called a biathlon. Uh, it's more like just a race. So uh, the race is going to track a path that is quote unquote historically accurate for the way that the first settlers went to try to find some food for the starving village in the first dry season. There was a big drought, right? We all know that's bumpkiss. Because the race is only, what, like 70 miles long. And we know it took them weeks to go and do it. And we're going to get this bad boy done every year in four hours. So whatever, right? Say 70 kilometers in four hours? I said miles, which is more than 70 kilometers. Is that fast? I don't think so. Slow? It's like 20 miles an hour? Yeah, that's like right above normal human top running speed, but for continuously for four hours. I'm not a math whiz, but it's pretty close to 17 miles an hour on average. So it's like riding a bicycle. Oh, it depends on how fast you ride a bike. How fast do you ride a bike through the sand? Well, you got to get those fat tires. Doesn't sand sloop technology improve every year? Like the ones of yesteryear were just horrible in comparison. Well, Hap, I got to level with you. We're not really in it to win the prize money in the race. We got ulterior motives. Our sloop might not be up to snuff with some of the ones that were built in the last 15 years, but we got a good price on ours. I mean, will it go? Let's just get a bunch of mages that can cast Mage Hand. We pick this boat up and we can go fast. That's smart. Sure. I like how you're thinking. We don't need to rely on the wind or the sand. Wait, is our plan to cheat or is our plan to do some other thing and then like one of us rides a boat and goes really fast and then wins and then it's fine. I mean, why not both, you know? Here's how the race is going to go. You're going to start in the middle of the city on the river, you know, the big Ragni Beck. You're going to cut north into some natural caves that are in the mountains. Those run east along the mountain range. You're going to go to where the tunnel, where the Dwarven Kingdom is in those natural caves. This is all part of the race. I wouldn't make you go this way, but you got to look like you're trying to race. There you have to stop in at a checkpoint that's supposed to symbolize talking to the dwarves or something. Then you keep heading east out of the caves. Then you cut south back onto the river. This is the longest part of the trip, about 32 miles. 
there's a tower. There's going to have a bunch of grain there. You're going to pick up three bags of grain that are each 100 pounds, come back up, probably not on the river because that would be upstream and that would be slower. It's your choice. I don't know. I'm not in the race. Wait, this river goes from the ocean out into the land? No, it goes from the mountains out into the ocean. So you're going we downstream. We're going, up the ri- we're going down the river. So in our ocean city. I don't know what I, first off, it's not an ocean city. I don't know what I just said, but I'll tell you this. You're not going to take the river up to the mountains. You're just going to go over the land. Is this a coastal town? No, no. No. The one that Jack says from is coastal. Yeah, we're from the big city that's inland. How come when the settlers first went to the dwarves, they didn't just get food from the dwarves? Apparently, the dwarves didn't have any food for trade. That's part of the whole story, I guess. What about for pilfering? They didn't didn't just steal from them? They're tough. I see what you mean about this history being questionable. I don't think it's quite right. I think it's just an excuse to party and drink. Wait, wait, I got this map I'm drawing. After we go to the three bags of giant corn, where do we go? Then you got to pick up a popcorn popper. Wait, did you say there were three? You had to pick up three and they're 100 pounds each? Yep. I can carry that. It's okay. I'm tough. I told you I'm tough. Yep. Then you sail back. Most people take the. It doesn't matter which way you go, but most people come back through the sand beside the river. It just depends on how the wind's blowing that day. And then you get back to the city center, and the first one across the finish line gets first prize, second one gets second prize, third boat gets third prize, blah, blah, blah. Um, Oh, the last three get destroyed. So it'd be really cool if you didn't get that, because we'd have to replace the boat. Does that all make sense? Yeah, I got a map drawn and everything. I think we're ready to go. When do we start? Wait, what do they do with all that grain once we bring it back to the city? Oh, they're going to weigh it. If it's not all there, you're disqualified. Then they burn your boat. How many boats are in this race? There's 12. One for each of the 12 great artisan houses of the original settlement. So at least three are getting burned. Maybe more. Yeah, it's because there's like some story about it or something. I don't know. Yeah, but if we just burn three of them in the race, we can't be one of the last three. Now, that's the kind of thinking that I like. Are those houses, like, shamed for the next year because they, like, did so poorly? The thing is, this was a long time ago. So the teams are just kind of like teams who enter, and then they do a lottery, which is totally unriggable, and he holds up air quotes. So we had to do some real special rigging to get you guys selected. And which house are we going to be representing? You guys are registered under the team name, the Fair Fawners. Right? That's a pretty good name. Get it? Because it's like the menagerie and fauna. You know what I mean? You think they'll see through that? I was thinking like people that fawn over others like sycophants. Yeah. Well, that's not how it's spelled. All right. All right. Anyway, that's what's supposed to be going on. But this is what we're doing. We got some intel from Lorelei Mead Barrel that inside those caves close to where you're going to stop and do that dwarven checkpoint thing. There might be something worth grabbing that's not supposed to be available for just anybody to grab. But we're thinking this is the one time of the year that humans are left unchecked to go through those caves. The dwarves aren't paying any attention at all. So we can go ahead and enrich ourselves a little bit. Did you say humans? Because I'm not a human. That's a fair point. I'm not a human either. Yeah. Does that mean I'm not allowed to go? I uh, Nope. Player character races aren't allowed to go except dwarves. Okay, so I want you to go in there, make a quick pit stop. I'll give you a better description of where to get off, but it's 1.68 miles into the natural caves. There'll be an archway, a stone archway on your left. You got to get through that door somehow. Don't get seen because they'll come and track you down. And then within there, someone's been stockpiling some Sclarian power cores, right? And those bad boys are going to be worth a whole bunch of money to someone who's willing to bid on them. What's a Sclarian power core? There's some ancient magic that's used to power gigantic um, machines, right? So each one of them is about the size of like a human chest, like a rib cage, but filled with meat. You know, you made a chest out of people. 
No, I'm just saying, okay, each one of them's like a couple feet wide and a couple feet tall. Almost spherical, but they're a little bit elongated. So you're going to grab as many of those as you think you can hide on your ship and still stay in the race. Well, we're hoping for three. Then you're going to head down along the race, and we've got some people positioned along the river. There's a reedy billabong about halfway, and you're going to make the swap there. I thought a billabong was like an oasis. It's like a steep bend in a river. And the water slows down because the erosion causes the water to push against the far wall of the bend. And so then it widens the whole river out. And so since it's a greater volume, then the water doesn't have to flow through it as quickly. How many people they got watching along this uh, racetrack route? There's fans all the way up and down, but mostly along the long part, it's pretty sparse. Oh, okay. That's where people don't go to see it so much. Yeah, the little reedy billabong that we selected, we we selected because there's a lot of real nasty mosquitoes in that area, and we don't think people are going to be sitting there drinking. How does weight affect these uh, sand sloops? Don't know. I'm not a ship's captain. I think it makes them slower. Did you hire us a ringer that's like a real good sand sloop captain? Got him right here. And he walks over to Jaxo Gix and slaps him on the back a little bit too hard. <laughs> yeah. I got That's it. why he's in the guild, right, bud? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Hear me out. Let's get another sand schooner and paint it to look exactly like this one. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sounds expensive. And then we uh, get someone else to do this for us. Hey, look, if you guys don't want this job, you know. No, I want this job. Wait, what's Like I paid? said before, I got a lot of crews what's that are highly pay? trained. And really, really trustworthy members of the guild, you know? I think you said you only had one crew. Well, yeah. What, 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 it just depends on if I want you to, to feel like you're special or not. Well, I only have one grill master, so I'll do anything for you, Greg. So, thanks. I just have one question. Do we get matching outfits for the team since we're, you know, a sand sloop team? Um, we were going to just give you guys those like racing, like vests, you know, that are matching. We don't have to dress like, uh, historically accurate or anything. No, that's half the fun is each team dresses up like, uh, some sort of weird joke. I think we should dress up like pumpkin monsters. I don't really get into the sailing part. I'm more into the making money off of idiots part and the drinking later on part. What'd you say, Drell? I think we should dress up like pumpkin monsters. Like Jaxo lanterns? No, now I changed my mind. I think we should dress up like people from the future. I think we should dress up like cats. Little cat mm. ears on our heads. Hey there, groupies. Brayton here. Looks like you made it into a new arc of Burglar Mystery Tour. Thanks for bearing with me being the DM. The first best DM that this podcast has ever had. Uh, It's important we talk about something as a team here, so everyone gather around. A billabong is a lake. It's a synonym for an oxbow lake. What I meant to say earlier is just called a meander. I feel like I really let the team down, and I promise I'm going to do my best not to do that in the future, but it might come back up in some of the future episodes, so... I'm really sorry about that, and I hope you guys can find it in your hearts to forgive me, and when you do, just tweet at us and let us know you forgive me, and also remember to go to bardicmysterytour.com, because that links you to our music, and it links you to all the episodes from the past, and to our Patreon site, where you can sign up, and we'll send you postcards. All right, back to the show. Greg I have a couple questions for you, because we didn't really get debriefed too well. What happened with the Finns? Like, what happened to Lady Finn and um, Finnegus Finn? Augustus Finn? Augustus Finnis. Oh, all those Finns? What about Donna, the, the plant specialist? I think she's fine, right? She's just looking for another job. What was the ecological impact to everyone knowing where the Lopid regions are? Is the Lopid, like, going extinct now? No, 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 no. There's no ecological impact to that. That's the beauty of that last heist. 
See, we didn't tell everybody. We sold that information to the highest bidder. So the land's just being farmed by somebody else. They just came in with a crew of people and roughed up the guards that were there and took all the plants. They harvested them. Has there been like a rise in like a recent society that believes that they were visited by people from the future? I haven't heard anything about that. All right, guys, I got an idea. Is it a dumb one? The night before the race, we sneak onto every skiff or schooner and we put an immovable rod in it. So on the day of the race, when it's time to go, we just say the command word. We're the only boat that can move. We get a really good head start. We win this bad boy. It doesn't even look like collusion when we're the only one that doesn't have an immobile rod. Well, all we need is three other boats to come in last. So we only need disable three. How do you get one of those rods? We uh, we get some from the black market. Hold on. This is the better plan. You put one in 10 of the boats and you put one in our boat so that when our boat goes, it like tears our back bumper off. But we just go. So it looks like ours was also sabotaged, but not as badly as the other ones. But the boat that wasn't sabotaged looks like they did it to everyone else. So they get arrested. And we just get first place. Uh, Griggs, where are the other teams going to be keeping their sand sloops before the big race? In their garages and stuff, I would imagine. So they're not centrally located or easy to get to, I assume. No, check-in for the big race is in five days. But we don't want to spend a, too much time just bullshitting around. Just We just have enough time to make a plan if we want to do something that takes a couple of days. That's all. Well, as the highest master, you got any advice for us about some tactics we might consider? Some strategies? Weak points? Easily bribable guards? So there's not going to be a lot of guards to deal with. I'm not 100% sure. I know that the passage to the Dwarven Lands is going to probably have guards at it. And uh, I think that they a lot of times have some uh, non- mundane means of making sure people aren't sneaking through there into their place but the security protocols are much relaxed for racers because racers don't have much time because they're in the middle of a race so that's why we chose this day so that might be something to pay attention to i feel like there was something else important that i can't remember oh did i tell you at the dwarven land you have to drop off a like a statuette no do we start with it yeah it's in the boat already. It's just the same one. It's not important. Like, it's not a nice one, right? But you got to drop that off because it's supposed to represent a pleading traitor that went to talk to the dwarves, whatever, a long time ago. What happens if we just go to those caves, like, now, you know? Before before the race and just deal with the it The dwarves then. get mad. Yeah, the, there's a lot of guards. There's dwarven guards there. Well, what if we just look like dwarves real quick? Hey, you know, I hired you guys because you guys are the best I got. I mean, you guys, you guys are some of the best I got. And you guys can do the job how you want to do it. But I'll tell you this. If you get yourselves collared before the prime race opportunity that I've got set up for you, I'm going to be a little peeved. Where on the race route are they going to have these, like, check-in points? Like, I know you said we have to do this statuette thing in the Dwarven Lands and we have to get the grain. But is there somebody at the grain tower to make sure that, like, we stop there? Yeah, those are the only two places. The start, which is you also the finish. Can you grain with you from ahead of time? Yeah, I was thinking, like, what if we just let, whenever we dropped off these Scalarian, Scarlarian, I don't know what I Scalarian power cores. Scalarian power cores. What if you just give us some wheat and we just like race back to the city as fast as possible? So there's this whole rigmarole about it being the historical travel path. I think there's only two checkpoints and there's one all the way in the northernmost part and all the way in the southernmost part. That's why they have that statue drop off with the dwarves to make sure you go to the farthest place north. Then you pick up the grain that's in these specially marked bags all the way in the south. We can try to figure out what those bags are going to look like. I think they do a special design every year so they can put it on T-shirts and sell it and make extra money for the city. You know, that's 
totally feasible to counterfeit those bags, but you're going to have to figure out a way to get on the checklist as checked in at that Southern point. Yeah, I think that's called bribery, right? We find out who the person is. Sure. That seems like a totally viable option. Who's on the Twilight Race committee that we go talk to? It's like somebody in the mayor's office. Like who runs this show? Yeah, it's uh, run out of the mayor's office. Also, is it at night? Is that why it's called the Twilight Race? No, no. Twilight is like in the early morning or early evening. It's not night or day. Yeah, it means to go into the night. I think it's because there's vampires. Like how bunnies are out. It's at the times that bunnies are out. Yeah, so it starts one hour before dusk. And then as soon as the first ship is back, that's when the party and proper starts. Although there's a lot of us who like to get a little bit of a head start on that. Yeah, I'll be drinking the whole night. Just don't drink and ride, you know? You're the driver. Don't drink and drive. We're all don't driving. Drive. We're all, you got to help. We got it all together, 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 together. I don't know how to drive no sand sloop. I'll show you. Can we have it early, please? Uh, that might be a little bit of a problem. Because remember when I said I had it? What I mean is I'm going to have it. When? Any day now. A ship is like your arm. Like, you have to practice with it a little bit before you just go. And you think I'm the one making masturbation references? Appendage. Yeah, as soon as I have it, I'll let you guys know. I got it on good authority. It's going to be here within the next five days, no problem. <sighs> and it's a top ship from a couple, year, a couple years ago. It was never one of the burned ships, I'll tell you that. I hope not. That sounds facetious. Well, I mean, we got five days. We could just steal somebody else's sand sloop and practice with that one. I guess so. I bet they all handle a little different. And then at the end of the practice, then we disable it. Is there like an attraction? It's like rent a sand sloop and take it out on the dunes for a day. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Can I roll uh, how much my character knows about sand sloops? Yeah, go ahead and roll a history check. Can I do that too? Sure. I got an eight. I got a four. I got a 11. I don't get any advantage from being an ex-pirate. I do think Emily's kind of making a good point. And that's what the advantage system is for. But I think it's super funny if you don't know what it is. All right. Yeah, you can have advantage from being an ex-pirate. I got 17. Man. All right. Hap Shepsum has seen these things around before. Drell, you have seen people on all kinds of recreational crafts, and you definitely are just thinking of the wrong one. You're thinking of a humongous ship. But, Jaxo, you totally know how to operate a sand sloop. Yes. All right, Jaxo, here's the question I got for you. How are we going to run right. this thing with three people? I think they take like 20 crew members. Oh, yeah. No, it's just a one. It's a one man show. I say, hoping I'm telling the truth because I, Emily, know nothing of these things. Oh, it's a one man show. Yeah. Don't worry. Hap, we can just take a rest. Yeah, I'll drive, but it'll be OK, I think. Um, but you got to make a plan so that somehow you get off and on back quick with that other stuff. Something about power cords or something. I How much does a power core weigh? As much as a human chest, I guess. What if it's made out of like helium inflated lightweight aluminum? Depends on how much boobs the chest has, you know? We need to make sure that we get some helium balloons so that our ship, we tie the stuff to the helium balloons so it weighs less so that we go faster because we aren't weighed down as much. I think that's a good plan. Emily, Jaxo knows that sand sl So regular sloops in real life are apparently like 35 feet long, but these sand sloops are a little bit smaller than that. Like a three-man crew is like kind of all you're going to fit on there with like a little bit of cargo. How are we going to fit uh, 300 pounds of grain and, and three, chests. three chests and all of us? You just balance it on your head, clearly. You know, if this is like a 25-foot long deck, like there's plenty of space to have. Is it like a cutter? Yeah, a cutter is not like a sloop because it has two foresails instead of one. Oh, it's a sailboat, not a schooner. What? what? It's a mall rats joke for anyone. Oh. Oh. I'm looking at a sloop. It's a sailboat with a single mast, typically having only one head sail in front of the mast and one main sail aft of the mast. Hey, I have my boat license. I know things about boats. How, how may, have you guys been on boats before? Are you scared? Uh, uh, number one, I'm not scared of anything. Number two, maybe I've never been on a boat. Okay. I think maybe you 
you should get one of those vests that make you float a little bit. Anybody else? I, I do have something I should probably tell you before we go on this mission. Um, I can't swim. Okay, you need one too. Okay. We're not going in the water. Um, We're maybe going on the sand. You, you might need to bring one of those um those bags for, for having some sickness in because I, I have sea legs, but I have a feeling maybe some of us don't in this group. Oh, I've got constitution. We don't have any large bodies of water where I come from. Well, I never learned. We'll get you. We'll get you. All right. I think we leave this guy, this Meister guy, and we go talk a plan up in some bar, you know? All right. Well, as you guys are starting to get up to leave, Greg says, oh, wait, hold on a second. We can't give you too much because we don't want to invest too much. We're only going to make a few thousand gold off of these power cores. Why don't you uh, Why don't you talk to old Fisher and Flask again and see if they can give you something. And then he like knocks on a door. Fisher and Flask open the door and come in. Fisher is a rotund, bespectacled, bald dwarf with no beard. And Flask is a really tall and lanky three cream, wearing white lab coats and knitted neckties. Oh, hello there, guys, again. The Heistiers, right? Isn't that your name? No, we're uh, 5108-3605. We changed it. It's different now. What is it? It's been different a while now. Yeah, five and a half months about. Yeah, didn't you get the Menagerie Monthly? Our guild newsletter with all the latest news about heist names and stuff? Or do you just think it's not worth it to keep up with the current affairs of the guild? Well, uh, it's okay. It's okay. And then Flask turns to Fisher and he goes. And then Fisher says, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. 5108-3605. We don't generally inflect it like that, but okay. That sure is unwieldy. Anyway, uh, you guys, I got a couple new things. You can choose from the same stuff that you left last time. So we got that fidgeting Dirk and Grungo's door and Sammy's singing stone. This Sentinel shield. This wand of secrets, but we came across a couple new things. I got this dust of dryness. Huh? Sounds pretty good. And I got this staff that turns into a snake. And I got this wand. It shoots webs out. And I got this wand and it shoots bolts out. Like lightning bolts? Well, they're kind of like lightning bolts, except for imagine them much smaller. And they're kind of like uh, crossbow bolts. It's more like a rock. Yeah. Like a magic, imagine like a, a magical molten rock, but it shoots out in like five pieces and it always hits. I tilt my head. I don't, can you show us or no? Yeah, shoot Jaxo with it. No, no, no. It's a wand of magic missiles. What was the rod you said? Because I seem to be collecting rods at this point. Maybe I can get like a sweet belt with a bunch of like slots in it and I'll eventually look like Batman. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm already wearing a black cloak. In black leather armor, I just get a yellow belt. Oh man. Okay. We're doing this. Spray painting all my rods yellow. He said Rod of Secrets. There are three wands. It's a wand of secrets. I hate that. Isn't there a rod? No, there's a staff of the python. That's like eight feet long. Six feet long. Five and a half feet long. Mm-hmm. It's one of those lengths. Brayton, will you tell us about this dust of dryness? He says, sure. And he holds up a vial that has seven inches of dust in it. And he says, you pinch an inch and you throw it on the water and it absorbs it. Each pinch will absorb a cube of water that's 15 feet on a side and compress it down into a single marble-sized pellet. Then later on, if you want, you can throw that pellet down and it'll turn back into the water. Isn't that pretty useful? How much does the water weigh whenever it's marble-sized, though? Does it still weigh the same as the 15-foot cube? No, no, no. It's weight, and this is a technical term, is negligible. All right, all right. Can you remind me about that Grungo's door and and Sammy's stone? I don't remember what they did. Sure thing. Grungo's door is this little door trinket. You put it on a wall, it grows into a full-size door, and then you can open it and walk right through the wall. And then Sammy's singing stone, it's this stone that can cast clairvoyance, but it also, you can put a message in it, and then you can throw it, and then it'll say that message. I'm thinking I want that Grungo's door because that would have come in handy on the last heist, and I think it would come in handy this time, too. I don't know what my compatriots are thinking. I swear I heard there was a rod in there. What were the wands? Wand of web, wand of magic missiles, and wand of secrets. 
Magic missile seems almost stupid. I can just fire Eldritch blasts all day out of my hands, thanks to the power of the darkness within. You're so edgy. So what do the web do? Uh, it casts web. Makes you into Spider-Man. So I feel like maybe you shouldn't get that because you're going for Batman. Yeah, that's tricky. How many times can you use that per day? I think it's seven. Ever. No, no, then it recharges 1d6 plus 1 every dawn, but you roll a d20 whenever it's depleted, and if you roll a 1, then it dissolves. You can cast web seven times. Every dawn. Yeah. There's so many. Well, it gains 1d6 plus 1 charges, so it's like up to seven. Yeah, but over the course of six months. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a lot of webs, bud. Yeah, I'm going to take that. You sure you want to go for Batman? Batman uses webs. Don't worry about it. All right, Fisher says, hand this over there to him, Flask. And then Flask grabs and he walks over with his black rod that has a, like a silver. So it is a rod. It's a wand. F you. Flask comes over with a wand that is black. <laughs> it has a silvery metallic spider medallion holding a purple jewel at the end. And he hands it to you and he says. Um, I say thanks. All right, he walks back to the cart. I think I want to go for that uh, stone. Can I have a stone, please? Here you go. And then he throws it to you. And I listen to it. Does it make a message? First, you have to catch it. Make a dexterity check. 18. Are right, you catch it. Yeah, Expert I do. Me. Now I listen. Did he send me a message? Nope. It doesn't make any noises at all. I'm taking the door. All right. Fisher grabs the door and walks over to you and just like hands it over to you. Here you go. Have fun. Don't get hurt. I never do. And then he walks back to his cart where Flask was trying to rearrange the stuff to make it neat to pack it up to leave. But he's got his hand pinched between two things. And Fisher says, come on, Flask, let's get going. And then he pulls his hand out. It seems harsh. It seems a little bit rough to you guys. And Flask goes, Fisher waves by as he pushes the cart out the door. And Flask goes with him. I wave at them, too. Really fast little waves. And then Griggs says, all right, guys, looks like you got everything you need. We'll see you in five days, ready for the big race. Okay. Yeah, you bet we got this. Don't worry at all about anything. All right, he makes the two-handed ribcage hand symbol, which is the sign of your Thieves Guild. I make it back. I do the one-hand version, just to be different. Yeah, I do the one-hand version. I'd probably drop my rock trying to make the two-hand version, if we're being honest. You don't have pockets? Oh, I have pockets in my armor. Does Cloak have pockets? That's important to me. No. Dang. You guys leave the conference room, which is really a multi-purpose conference room, but it's treated as the heist office. Are there people waiting outside? They're like, oh my God, you guys went over your time. I like to think that Griggs has the, like he can bump people off the schedule and say like, no, you have to go to meeting room B. Like he has the authority. Except for the guild master. Who we've totally met, right? No, you've totally met him. Don't worry. He's he so the guild master, uh, who goes by the moniker the zookeeper, he's pretty uh standoff. Like he doesn't party very much, doesn't like hang out and drink a lot. He's just he broods silently a lot and he likes to think about things. Sounds like him and Drell would get along really well. Yeah, he's a very tall, thin, yellow man who always carries many blades and wears a black cloak. He laughs infrequently, smiles always, and seems to revel in the discomfort of those in his presence. But he is a fair leader, although he has little compassion for failure. Does he have a small orange patch of hair on the top of his head? Because I think we're describing Bert from Bert and Ernie. Oh, no. Bert has black hair. Does he? And yellow flesh. Yeah, the zookeeper's hair is orange. Ish. All right, you're done with the meeting. So I gave you guys five days to do things that you need to do, but I secretly don't want this to take forever. We're going to spend five real-time days talking about this. I'm going to tune my ring. You're going to tune, tune it? it? I'm going to attune it and maybe tune it. You don't know what I'm going to do with it. Calm down. You know what they say? You can't tune a donkey, but you can tune a ring. I don't think they say that. A tuna ring sounds like a cabal of tuna fishermen. No, you know, like a sandwich ring, but like tuna ring. Oh, okay. What's a sandwich ring? What? Anyhow, I'm going to uh, tune my ring. No, no, no. If we need to know, what is a sandwich ring? 
Are you being serious? It's like a hoagie that you stretched out real long and then you bent down until it was a full Are ring. Are you kidding? No, we're serious. No. This is a thing that's they a, make. That's what it is. I have never heard of this. And there's two ways to do it. The real way you should do it is you bake this giant ring of bread and cut it like a humongo bagel. But you can also just make sandwiches and put them in a ring. But that's for stupid bakers who are scared of becoming good bakers. I think Emily is pranking us. She has to be. Everyone. No, I've never heard of it. I don't believe that she doesn't know what a sandwich ring is. Have you ever been to like a corporate lunch? I just assumed it was like people standing around in like a ring and like calling out to the sandwich gods and like throwing meat on the ground and cheese on the ground and pickles on the ground. And like, I I didn't know. I thought it was sandwichery. Part of the beauty of a sandwich ring is that you can put other things in the center of the ring. So you can put like potato chips. Dipping sauce. Or you can put like a container of macaroni salad. Does it go next to the cookie table at your wedding? Yeah. No. You wouldn't have a sandwich sandwich ring at your wedding. Yeah. That's not appropriate. I don't know. I mean, cookie tables are not from where I'm from either. Wait, are we talking about a fire hall wedding? Weddings should have baked ziti. This is an important part of the sandwich ring also. If done properly, you know like how knot bread is like twisted so it has like lumps, like lump, lump, lump. I'm talking about? No. Knot bread? Like bread that isn't bread? No, like with a K, knot bread. Oh, okay. So if you took like a piece of dough and you twisted it, a pizza dough? I'm starting to think you're not being serious about this sandwich ring, Emily. <laughs> and then you set it down and you baked it, right? It would look like it was like lumps because it was like a twisted, right? It's like a uh-huh. spiral uh-huh. of dough. A braid. Yeah. Sandwich rings should have that thing to it so that when you slice it, you always slice it in the grooves. So it tells you how big of a piece of sandwich you should take from the sandwich ring. Wow. That's a lot of rules. I disagree with everything Ed just said, but like, you know. Well, neither of you are from Pittsburgh, so... We're going and buying a sandwich ring. We're eating it tomorrow. You're from outside of Pittsburgh. If you're from not Pittsburgh and you haven't heard of a sandwich ring. Tweet at us. I think Emily's just a weirdo. I think that's not a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah, it's everywhere. Sandwich rings are universal. Sandwich rings aside. Why are we even talking about sandwich rings? You brought it up. Somebody's attuning a ring. Oh, yeah. Here's a really important question, though. Is a bagel sandwich just like a small sandwich ring? Think about it. Yeah, I was thinking about bringing that up, but I wanted to get back on track. No, tweet the answer to that to us. Ring. Tuned. Wait, how long does it take for, for Hap to tune to that ring? You can do it while you're drinking at the bar. Well, I definitely do it while I'm drinking. I smoke a pipe while you're drinking. I make um little circles come out of my nostrils of smoke. Pretty good. How do you make a smoke ring with a nostril? I have a forked tongue. How do you do it? What? Can you close your nostrils like all the way closed? Yeah. Yeah. And I have lots of eyelids too. What? That's not true. How I'm, many? Uh, I'm a lizard, not an amphibian. Two? Isn't that a lot? One for each eye. For some people, I guess, you know? What do you fools want to do other than smoke? I can fly this ship. So I think we're okay. But I'm concerned we need to get you guys some life vests first. Safety first. Did you say wife vests? I've committed to never be married because then I can't share my charms with all the ladies. Life vests. You know, those things that you wear that keep you floating in case you fall off the boat. You never know. And my pack doesn't really leave room for a relationship because I need to spend a lot of time with the darkness within to really seal the bond to gain my power. I roll my eyes, but I'm wearing my sunglasses inside and I want to know if Drell noticed. Yeah, I guess roll a perception check, Drell. 14. Oh, you noticed. He does have sunglasses on. Like, if it's, like, physically impossible to notice. I think you're right. What would that have been? What You should do an insight check, because I feel like you can tell without being able to see the eyes. Do you want me to, add, do you want me to use my old roll and add my insight check, or do you want me yeah. to do an in, a brand new insight check? Just do a brand new one. Uh, four. No, Trell does not know that Jaxo has rolled his eyes. Jaxo, I just want to know if these vests, are they stylish? Like, am I going to look good in it? Oh, you'll look good. You'll look like you fit on a boat. All right, I guess I'll wear it if you say it's stylish. They're probably not open tonight. We'll go tomorrow. What else do you want to talk about? If I can't find a life preserver that's all black, I'm not wearing it. I think they might have paint 
Don't you need to spray paint all your toys yellow anyway? All right, the life preserver can have like a yellow line on it or a yellow bat. Or what if I have a symbol for the darkness within? What darkness? I'll paint the life preserver black and then I will paint a black hand on it. How will you see it? It's more important that it's there than that people know it's there. Okay. You could also paint it yellow and put it on the inside. Uh, my whole gimmick isn't telling people about how good I am. It's about knowing that I am good. I think your eyeliner is smudging. Then I turn around real quick and I say, is it? And I look for a mirror and I try to check my eyeliner real quick. Yeah, there's, there's some mirrors around in All the right, bar. How's my eyeliner look? It looks absolutely immaculate. I turn back around with a snap and I say, you watch it, Jaxo. So you guys have a plan because my plan is just to drive the ship and then just keep driving the ship and then just getting all the grain and delivering some kind of thing and then uh, getting home. I don't really remember all those steps we were supposed to take, but maybe you guys got a plan. I think we should do one of two things. Either just go get the stuff and bring it back or board the other ships and kill their crews and leave them stranded in the desert. We only need to do it to three ships and then we're fine. My plan is to wing it. It's called a sail when it's on a boat. Anyhow, y'all want to go to bed? Yeah, man. Is there anything we need to do before the race? Where do we live? We live like, do we have houses? Yeah, you have bunks in the zoo. You know, the underground network of Thieves Guild owned. There are housing too. I can't live on my own. What if we want to get it on and we have to like be in a room with like five other people? You're totally welcome to get your own housing at your own expense. It's not like you're poor based on... Your successful time when you used to be the high steers. But now we're 5'10", 8, 3, 65. You forgot the zero. No, yeah, 60. 605. Oh, five. 65. I like it. Ed's brain just broke a little bit. 5'10", 8, 3, 65. All right, so uh, you just want to skip to the day of the race? I assume somewhere in there, Jaxo goes and buys us some life vests. Oh, yeah. Big time. If they don't come with our boat. Sure. Yep. And I need to pick myself up a big yellow gaudy belt. All right. I don't mean gaudy. I mean, like, uh, brazen. You guys went to the Goodwill and found a brazen yellow belt. Lucky find. And two actually well-fitting life preservers. It turns out there's a lot of water sports. There's a lot of people who think they're going to get into water sports because of the river that runs through the city. And then they don't. And so they donate their... Life vests to the goodwill. Jack, so you don't need one too? I need one, but just in case, but I also don't like having wet feet. Are there galoshes that fit my claw little claw claw feet at the goodwill? What size shoe would you wear in like a, a modern American shoe size? Mm, he's little, but he's got big feet. I think you gotta roll a D4. Ah, uh, I got it too. Yeah, Do they, they got have two shoes, two galoshes. Yep. What color yes. are they? Uh, they both are red, but the left foot is more worn than the right foot, and it's just like black underneath the red top painted coat. Okay, I wear my galoshes. Cool. Let's say that stuff costs you four gold. <laughs> Robbery. Still right. your sheet. I paid for it. Thanks. The gang heads off to sleep for the night before their big race. May they dream of thievery on their sailing adventure in the morning. Join us next time on Burglar Mystery Tour. It's the Bard Mystery Tour. There's only one thing we implore. Tell all your friends and they'll tell more. Warn your sheriff cause we're kicking indoors. Once a week
This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Bardic Mystery Tour is recorded at Looking for Group Pittsburgh. Looking for Group Pittsburgh is a land center in the Brookline neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you're in the area, stop by for games, co-working, or events. Find more information or schedule your next party at lfgpgh.com. I say, are you sure I can use this infinitely? Magic mouth as often as they wish on this stone. In addition, once per charge, the stone can be used to cast clairvoyance centered on itself. The owner must be within 150 feet to do so. Sammy's singing stone gains one charge per long rest to a maximum of two. How do I put that on my sheet? Um, I think that I published them. If you search for it, does it not show up? I didn't try because I thought it was clearly not from a book. So I put it in the homebrew. Did you find it? Yeah. Suck it, Ed. So the things that Brayton made up are on D&D Beyond, but the things from the book aren't in there? Wizards, get your crap together.